Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about Gamma World, which, just as an aside, is the first role-playing game I ever played because my brother got it for Christmas in 1983. And Saul kept asking me, what color was the book? And I'm like, that was in 1983. I think it was a box. It was a box. I go, I don't know. And... So anyway, we discovered it was the second edition because that's what the year it came out. That's the year we got it. And he was like 11 or 10 and wanted to play. So that was my introduction to role Your playing. brother was 11 or 10. Yeah. Yeah. And wanted to play. Yeah. Actually, it was the first RPG that I owned because everything else was my brother's. And so somehow I got the first edition and somehow. I think you said your sister gave it to you. Right, I was with my sister, Len, uh, Maria Lena, actually. We were at D&J Hobby because my other sister had moved to here in Campbell. And we were checking out the all the games section and I asked her to buy it for me and she did. I was like shocked. Not even my birthday or anything. Sisters will do that for you though, baby oh, my brothers. Sister, well, yeah, I was a little mm-hmm. kid, but my sister wasn't like, she was substantially older. So being the youngest of nine gives you the ability to have older siblings buy you. Things, yes. yes. <laughs> it was amazing to me to get that Gamma World. Uh, you know that that box was pretty cool, and inside of it was this rule book, which I, it seemed bigger when you're a kid, but it was only like 56 pages or something like that. And it had a cool map of the United States in post-apocalyptic ruin. So cool. Gamma World is a post-apocalyptic game. If you've yes. never played it or seen it, oh yes, and. There's all kinds of different post-apocalyptic games, but Gamma World is special in a way because it, it can be campy or it can be serious, but you're still trying to survive, right? Yeah, I guess the ultimate thing is it's a survival or exploration game, right? Because you are a descendant of a survivor of the post-apocalyptic uh, event, whatever that event was. It depends on what edition the event changes, right? You know, in the 80s, obviously, it was nuclear war was a threat. And then uh, as as time moved forward, obviously, and technology changes, there's different threats that would make a better post-apocalyptic ending. So I think the n- next change was what, Jolene? Um, well, the first one, it was placed in the mid-25th century, and it was after the second nuclear war. Oh, the second nuclear war. And civilization war. had been destroyed. Oh, so. definitely. If you destroy it once, then why not do it again and then make sure it is destroyed? Uh, they called it the apocalypse. and the insulting. <laughs> so it was a pretty bad war. In, tw- in 2000, alternative version, it was due to alien arrival and nuclear ex- response. In mm-hmm. the 2003 edition, it was a D20 modern iteration yes it was due to rampant use of nanotechnology and ai well nanotechnology was a big deal in that era you know it was brand new and of course people say well what happens if it goes it's still kind of brand new well it is yeah i mean but it was like so we haven't figured out what to do with it or how to (laughs) how to use it without killing ourselves well i'm sure we have but i'm saying we haven't really fully i don't think at least as far as i know it's 2019 yeah uh who knows what the real story is. Yes. Um, and then the, the 2010 edition introduces a humorous and radically different backstory that attributes the destruction of civilization to the activation of the large hadron, hadron, collider. hadron collider, which caused multiple realities to exchange features in an event known as the big mistake. The big mistake. Yes. So I own that one. I bought it on the, on the re- not the request, but the recommendation of a game store owner that I know, Mel. And 
he he loved it. He thought it was a great, great system. So I bought it, and I thought it was pretty good, but it was like really campy, you know. And then they had these. Uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself because that's the latest published edition. But they had uh, the difference was they had these cards that would either would randomly mutate you and you could have this power until the card exhausted and stuff like that. So it was an interesting difference than any other game world before it, where it was a little bit more, like Jolene said, it was more campy. So let's go, let's go back in time. All back the, in time. Back in time. All the way back to the 1978, which when original game world was released, which is kind of strange because that's when I started playing D&D. And I well, there was no game stores in my area, and I don't know what year my sister moved to, to San Jose. It had to be around that time. And uh, she probably moved in the in the early '80s, I think, because I I, I, I was still a little kid. Well, so it was only about a year after I started playing D and D that I got Game World. So she had to have moved in '78 or so, because yeah, because yeah. it came out in '78. The second. Yes. First edition. So that that game was pretty cool. I really liked it. I read, I read the you know I read the the book from you know cover to cover as they say, which and was I, a big book to him back then. Well, it just seemed bigger. I don't know. I guess. Well, not only that, but I think the first edition and even second edition, whenever they came out, um, right to seventy eight in nineteen eighty three, they had all those. They had tables and where where you had to figure out you know. It was kind of crunchy, but it was a D and D, right? It was. It, it was, was based on D and D. It was based, and it even uh, says that you could. They they made it so that you were using the same D and D mechanics, right? And so you could actually move the monsters and stuff from one world to the other. Oh, the characters they, even more. Uh, oh, and the characters. Yeah, you could time warp them into the future and stuff. So that was cool. I think I think D and D. I mean TSR, the company that made Dungeons and Dragons. Early on, that's what they tried to do. They had. They use the same statistics, sort of. Though they in Gamma World, they changed them a little bit. They the names, the, name, and the names, yeah. yeah. But they still were like so. Like strength was physical strength, right? Right. And what was the other one? Um, Wisdom was mental strength. Yes. Yes, that allows the characters to move from D and D to Gamma World. Yeah, to one world to another. So that was pretty cool. If you were you know, inclined to do that, my brother was definitely a purist. He would not like that. Maybe now he would go for it, but back then he was like, "Oh no, let's not do that." Well, if can I talk about the the newer edition? Well, let's, let's well, well, yeah. You can go through it, and I'll get to it when you get <laughs> so, there. So anyway, so actually, I only played a little bit because I, you know, my my friends were even back then were reluctant to try new games, and I forced them to play, and they went through it. And the problem I had was that they were they weren't quite the role players that. Gamma World scene. They were murder hobos. Well, yeah, I guess. But I don't remember the murder hobo aspect, but I guess that's all we did. We killed monsters and took their stuff. So they were greedy. Well, I mean, we were all, that's, that's just the way we played. So role playing was not a, a big aspect of the of the game. But Gamma World, you know, you have to role play a little bit more because your character knows a lot less than your player, than the player character about modern things. So it's a metagaming, trying not to metagame thing. Right. And so, so it was really neat. I still remember to this day, they had, I haven't seen the Game World book. I have it somewhere. They had a table like of 100 things that you could find at a, in the city, in a ruined city thing. And it had, you know, just crazy stuff like a old busted lighter. A toaster, know, toaster door. door. You know, just weird stuff, right? And so, and so every once in a while, like one out of, 10 things was actually useful everything else was broken 
but it was a remnant of the of the old civilization. So um, uh, a person from that world wouldn't have any idea what it was or what it was used for, but they might you know, like a let's say a flashlight, they would know what a flashlight. They wouldn't know what a flashlight, how it's made or anything, but if they could figure out how to use it, it would be a useful tool. Right. But other things are just broken pieces of technology. So that's the thing about post-apocalyptic games that's kind of cool is that, well, when I say cool, it could be hot. I don't know. Because um, <laughs> there's radiation and stuff. But yes. the the idea of trying to survive after a nuclear war is was a fascinating idea, especially in the 80s, right? That was, we were, were we still in the Cold War? Oh, yeah, 78, yeah, I'm sure. We'll and 83, I think we were still in the Cold War because the Berlin Wall didn't come down until. In the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, anytime you talk about Reagan, we're in the Cold War. Yeah. And Jimmy Carter, you know, Nixon. So so the idea, that, uh, the 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 only thing I can think about is Saul has this thing on our on our car, the guy from the, what's that game that, that, that the sticker is from that you have on the car? Oh, he's from. Uh, oh my God, I can't remember. You see, you put me on the spot. Sorry. It is Pep Boy. Pep from, Boy. Yeah. From uh, if you know any computer post-apocalyptic game, Pep Boy is from. Oh my God, we got to look it up. Look it up, honey. So what I like about about Game World at the time was that it was like different from D and D, and that's why I really liked it, and I forced my players to play it. And when I was talk about talking about the 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 table of weird things that you could find, I would try to describe things without telling them what it was, and then they would figure out what it is. And it goes, oh, it's a it's this and it's that, even though their character would have no idea what it was. So I was trying to be sly, and and it wouldn't work because I wasn't either sophisticated enough at eleven or twelve or thirteen to to tell them something and not give them too much information about what it was, where they wouldn't figure out what it was until they monkeyed around with it a little bit. And they were, you know, and like I said, they weren't into role playing. They were into, you know, finding stuff and figuring things out, uh, not finding, figuring things out, but finding stuff and taking it, see what it's worth. So that was the world of Gamma World where you're usually from a small tribe or a small uh, settlement and you basically go out to go out and hunt for technology that might be useful for your village so to me it's a game of what i say exploration and survival no yeah exploration and survival survival right so basically we were bombed back to the stone age but it wasn't really the stone age it's more like a medieval dark ages kind of thing yeah because most people had swords and and those type of things and every as if you're lucky you could find a fusion rifle or a laser rifle and the, the problem was that there would be limited charges on them or something like that so or you couldn't find bullets to go with it. Or bullets, yeah. You would have, you know, it was it was crazy, but it was that's what I liked about it is that the whole idea is that there was this possibility of finding technology and really being able to, you know, kick ass. The chances were you just were stuck with a sword and spear. So what's the fascination with post-apocalyptic games? I don't know. I mean, I think I think in the Cold War there was that aspect that we were there was a big chance, at least people felt there was, of a nuclear war and. This was something that was on people's minds, and obviously the writers and the creators of Gamma World were were thinking about it. You know, there was something on their on their minds. I mean, I remember thinking about the Cold War in a sense as a kid, but it didn't come to it didn't really hit me until this stupid movie called The Day After, and which get which crap came out in what 1983 or 1982. Ah, uh, probably I thought it was a little earlier than that, oh, possibly. Maybe. But it kind of really 
scared the crap out of me, right? Because like it talked about the pos- you know, what would happen after nuclear war, but it was drast- drastically. I think Mad Max was a better movie. No, well, it was a better movie. But drastically positive, right? Because if a nuclear war happened, we have so many nuclear weapons it doesn't matter, right? You know, theoretically. But in this case, it was it must have been a limited nuclear war, and even then, it was pretty bad, and it was like really, you know, really scary. So as as if you're an adult and know the ramifications of nuclear war and stuff like that. You know, you're thinking of what could happen afterwards. And as a, a creative outlet, you make a post-apocalyptic game about that stuff. I know by far it's not the only po- post-apocalyptic game of that kind. No. But you know, it is one of the most campy ones, though, that you can. It's probably the most popular because, you know, TSR was the big. Yeah. The big RPG company, game company in the world at the time. And Saul was asking me what my first memories of playing <laughs> Gamma World were. And I was like. Uh, I don't really remember. I remember my brother wanted to play. I remember character creation was hard, but that was probably because we hadn't played D and D because this was the first time. That was your first thing. Yeah. So so he went through the rule book and we had to follow it exactly because he's my brother and that's what he does. We did that and then the scenario. I don't remember the first scenario. (laughs) I just remember that there were mutations and it was very interesting. I liked it. Yeah. It was my introduction to role playing. That's pretty and, interesting. But it was just the two of us. So then when we added another person, it was it was a little better. And then and then after that, we started playing top secret and D and D and stuff. So with our friends, uh, that's pretty cool. So that's neat because, like I said, starting with Gamma World as as your first RPG, that's that's interesting because most people, at least most people my age, maybe even today, D and D is still like the big dog, right? Well, my brother is a little younger than you, yes, and. It was we were in a small town in the mountains, so, so you got. What I you don't even get. know where. Where, did, where the hell you <clears> get that game? I don't know. I I don't know if someone if he saw it. Now, Amazon didn't exist back then, right? No. <laughs> where and there wasn't even. I don't believe there was a hobby store in that town. I believe that there was a. I don't believe we had a bookstore. So we either someone either went to Reno and got it, or wow. or it was at the local thrifty or. Right Aid now, whatever you want to call it. I don't think so. There's no possible way. Or, well, I don't know. So maybe my mom either went to Chico or someone found it in Reno and gave it to her and didn't know what it was. And my brother was happy. Wow. That's amazing. Or he could have asked for it specifically. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe we should talk to you. Because I was, I was a kid. <laughs> so Gavin World went through quite a few iterations. I didn't know it had gone through so many editions. Jolene had to look it up because I couldn't remember. And there was, I guess it was a second edition, which was basically a revised first edition, which I didn't realize that it had all kinds of mistakes or it, didn't, it wasn't a very big book. It was 56 pages. And so they made it beefier. They added more mutations. They added more tables of stuff that you could find. And I don't think I ever owned that one. I I, I just didn't buy it. Second edition? Yeah. And then what, what was third edition about? Uh, third edition. Is that the one with the tables? Came out in, yeah, it came out in uh, 1986. And it had colored tables to resolve the actions instead of the non-colored tables, I guess. Um, <laughs> that they were color-coded in the mid-'80s, a, a trend at TSR in the mid-'80s. And in 1984, it's Marvel superheroes. So, and Star- so TSR revised Gamma World, Star Frontiers, and Top Secret to use similar tables. Wow. Unfortunately for TSR, this version of the rules became notorious for the number of editorial mistakes, including cross-references to rules that didn't appear in the box set. <laughs> that might be a problem. So. so obviously there was a problem with that rule set, and I, I think they came out with a book that fixed everything. Most likely. And it, but you know, but this was in a, this was 1986. It was 
I mean, if there was an internet, it was not used by the general public, and it certainly wasn't used for commercial. 1986, use. there was not an internet. Well, the internet was started about 70s. But okay. It was used by colleges across the United States. But the way the World Wide Web type of internet, no, it was mainly like a, you know, whatever it was before that. Because when you got your when, when your sister won the computer or they gave it to her, that was 1991, and there was. AOL hadn't even come out yet, or it had just come out. Just started, and the World Wide Web was born around there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, but the thing is that you know, how would you know that this unless you you know really you know wrote to TSR and said, hey, you know, th this this rule book is like Messed broken. Up. Well, gamers find a way to talk to each other. I'm sure. I don't know. Now, in 1986, is pretty tough still. So, so what they what they did, they gave out the they gave it out right. They gave it to people who who had who asked for it or pre-ordered. I don't know how they did it, but they actually disseminated the, the rules somehow. TSR did back in 86. The, well, it says even with the mistakes, the it was well-received. Wow. And it won the Gamer's Choice Award for Best Science Fiction Role-Playing Game. Probably because it was one of the few ones that came out. And then, then the fourth edition came out in 1992. at G And it was um, the TSR's Gamma World development team announced that at Gen Con in 1993 that no further productions would be released for the fourth edition. They released five different books. Oh, yeah, yeah, supplements. And this time, the the Gamma World was 192 pages, soft cover. Cool. That and was the, fourth edition. Yeah. And then fifth edition Wow. came out in 2000, and something called Omega World uh, with the D20 system came out in 2002. 2003, sixth edition. Which one's uh, sixth edition? I don't know. Sword and Sorcery Studies announced that it had it had licensed the Gamma World setting. It was a modern D20 system. D20 wow. modern. What, what year was that? 2003. Wow. And then the seventh edition, which Saul kept telling me was the fourth edition, is the one that he had. <laughs> right. That's the yellow box edition. That's the one we were talking about, the crazy he's all, one. He's all. the big mistake. I, I don't, there's a seventh edition? But I got. I thought I had the newest edition. Well, I thought it was you know because I didn't. I had no idea that the Gamma World had gone through three editions and still be basically the first edition. It was the first, second, and third were kind of like the first edition. They didn't change the rules that much. It was then, original D and D, and then um, and, advanced. And, and then there was a yes, and then there was second edition one, right? Which second was original D and D. Second edition D and D was. A version they made a version of Gamma World for that, and then there was an alternative version. So I just thought there was three editions, and then fourth edition, which I called seventh edition, which I called fourth, because it was basically like fourth edition D and D. That's what I thought, but I never got which it was D and D. So, but I, I when I got fourth edition by, on, by the by the recommendation of Mel, you mean seventh, seventh edition? Yes, the seventh edition. Sorry. The seventh edition, the one in the gold box, the latest edition, the latest published edition, it was really campy. Like I said, it was really goofy. You know, this the the big mistake, and what it, uh, because the reality was totally messed up. It you could have crazy things happen, and things could change. You know, like and they, they talked about it in the in the book that you could have, you know, you could walk by one day and there be a a mystical medieval castle run by intelligent rats. And then when you come back that same trail or whatever, there'd be nothing or a junkyard, right? Because reality was messed up. So, so reality was literally switching? Yes, it was in real time. I mean, well, whatever you call it. 
So, so I'm sure that people had to tell their players this, otherwise they would have gotten very confused. I don't know what you tell your players, but you know, mm-hmm. you might not tell your players anything, and then they, they might ha- actually get it. Or they might know because they were raised in that world. That's true, so then you would have to tell them. Yes, at least that's something How did I, I don't know, but I'm sure that the people who played old Gamma World, when, the new, when, this, when this new reality kind of thing, different reality kind of thing set in, I'm sure that they um, complained. Well, I don't know if they complained or not, but I, I, I pretty much ignored that that idea that things could switch or change, you know, momentarily from one. You know, I kept it static, but I would put in weird stuff. Like I did put in a one adventure that I ran uh, for uh, the kids in the kid room at Kublacon and other uh, Kublacon basically was uh, they came in, they came across a castle run by intelligent rat and the moat, the whole deal, and then they spoke with the English accents. As best as English accent as I can make. But (laughs) when you're talking to eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds. They don't care. They didn't care. They thought it was hilarious. Well, and they were also chasing giant turkeys called Gobble Gobbles. That was, yes, that was the first adventure I I came up with. And so, yeah, that that was well-received by kids and some adults who played. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious because the turkeys were like six feet tall. Yes. So that's the addition. I came back to Gamma World and ran quite a few games. I think I, they were all kids games, though, because when I made the character, I made the characters and pre-generated the characters, and, and I came up with the games, even though the Gobble Gobbles I, was funny because I think I mentioned it before in the podcast or maybe not, but I had put it in the book because you put the, you know, you register your game and they put it in the online book and then they put it in the real book that they print out at the con, the schedule, I guess. And one of my friends said, Oh, dude, I'm going to sign up for your game, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't sign up, you know, because you just go to the to the kids' room and sign in. And he goes, why would I do that? I go, because it's for it's in the kids' room. He goes, and you know, he said, expletive, expletive. I'm not going to play in some expletive kids' room, especially the way he talks. I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> but he thought it was an adult game. And so he was, and so look, and I go, hey, if you want me to, I'll run it as a, as a you know, regular game, scheduled game. And I never did, unfortunately. I wasn't sure how it was how well it would be received, but oh, I'm sure adults would love that. Yeah. So when I run a kids game, I really don't change it much for an adult game. You know. Cause... That's why adults would love it. <laughs> I had fun running that game. I must have ran that adventure like three times, and it was it was a blast. I did have a lot of fun, but the rules were really simple. I mean, it was really easy. Did you change the rules or just go with the rules they had? Oh, no. I just went with the rules they had. There was no point to changing them. So Gamma World is a really cool game because not only, I mean, it's post-apocalyptic. So there's all those cool different things that go with that. Like, you never know what you're going to run into. Right. And your character has mutations. I remember one of the characters in the the 7th edition that Saul did for the kids game was a tree. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So it was a sentient tree. Sentient tree. It yeah. walked around. Yes. Which I thought was very odd, but you know, you're in Gamma World, so there you go. It was pretty, pretty weird. I mean, the, and it, no, all the characters were, were beyond crazy. One was a a cockroach, a big, full size, living, talking. I don't know if he talked, but uh, it was funny because there was this little girl, and she was a young do- young daughter, young daughter of a friend of mine, but her and her brother played. And her, and her brother was the older one, and she was tiny. I mean, she was a, a small kid. She was a very small girl, and she was tiny. I mean, she was young too. And so when the you know when everybody's picking the characters, you know, she had a choice between dad and something else. 
And then I, I, I of course, I, I described the characters. She goes, I'll take the cockroach, right? And then one of the powers that the cockroach had was to spit, and he spit this caustic acid thing, right? And so it was hilarious. This, you know, so what are you going to do? I forgot her name. And she goes, I'm going to spit. And then she would just say it with such, you know, enthusiasm. enthusiasm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that I just found it hilarious. And for the, for the three games that I ran, she always picked the cockroach character. I don't blame her. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Especially so when you're cool. playing with a bunch of little boys. Yes. Then you get a spit. You're a cockroach. You're a giant cockroach. And, and I forget what out. his other power was or her power of the cockroach was. But, uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. They all were all pretty weird. And I made them weird on purpose, right? Right. Because you're, yeah. Because you know, like, I was specifically going for the kid crazy wow factor. And I'm sure adults would have taken well to the crazy wow factor of because adults like that too so there's a vast difference between first edition i would love first second and third edition all together because they basically use the same uh things that's how uh, he gets to fourth edition uh, yeah you get fourth edition but seventh and seventh edition and in between i do have the the d20 gamma world rules and i do have what is it the, the alternative gamma world rules which i which that one is a little bit more serious there's no there's no you know they try to there's no trees there's, walking around well no i didn't I, I haven't really looked at the rules but the mutations were more more like akin to the first edition there was no weird wacky things so it depends on the kind of game you want to run with gamma world if you want it to be a serious post-apocalyptic we have to go find stuff to survive right because our village won't last or you can chase gobble gobbles and find out where they're going because they're your food source and they're not very smart right right and you need to figure it out for your village and they've gone missing yes 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 so that that's true is what what kind of game we want to run when i was reading gamma world seventh edition i thought it was just crazy you know i thought it was like man this i mean and just and then they had these cards. I think I mentioned before they yeah. had these cards that you randomly give out to the players. And they there's two sets of cards, but the ones that really are crazy is the mutation because you get a random mutation that you can use any time. And then you basically use it up. And then you you know the GM will usually just give you another mutation, hand out another one. So that was always like interesting that. about Gamma World mutations. The mutations aren't necessarily bad things. No, they're never because they bad. give you they so. A lot of people didn't don't like that, They're right? Like because going, it's not really scientific, right? Because yeah. most mutations usually and kill the organism that is mutated. Right? It depends, though, because you can't really say that. Because a mutation that humans have is we can drink milk. Most some <laughs> of us, right? Yeah, some we couldn't people. originally. So somebody was strong enough to do it, and well, yeah, but and then there was a mutation that took place. I think that's a different kind of mutation. There, I mean. Because I know, because I, I know we're talking about nuclear yes, radiation, like radiation mutations. Right, those kind of mutations, they say that most of the time, I forget what percentage. Aren't good. They're not good. They usually kill the thing. And right. you're not going to get a beneficial a beneficial mutation. From radiation. From radiation, exactly. That's so so that's the post-apocalyptic work. part. Those are the, those, you know, those people that like science with their role-playing games. Which, yeah. I don't know. Which you'll run into quite a bit. There's some of them. So, like, I I believe that people who like that who got the seventh edition probably didn't like it very much because it was super campy. Didn't it's, they have those big bunnies in the first edition though? Yes, the yes. giant the hoppers. hoppers. The hoppers. And that was a point of contention too, right? The the hoppers. So, Gamma World was kind of a survival. Uh, it was a little bit more serious, right? Survival and exploration game. And then they throw in the hopper, right? Which is a giant. Bunny, R- rabbit. I want to say bunny, but a, you know a bipedal bunny and a weird 
mutation they had was they would turn anything metal into rubber. So if they if the characters had steel guns. swords, guns, they would touch it to turn to rubber and basically make them useless. And they were they were really nasty little creatures, right? You wouldn't so want you to, wouldn't want to stick your sword at them because then your sword would be not a sword I never anymore. Thought about that. You're right. You'd have to like use wooden spears. So the fact that they had hoppers in the first edition tells was, you that it was a little it was campy. Cute. Yeah. It was kind of cute. I I loved. It. I just thought it was hilarious when I saw that because they had actual drawing of the, of the of certain monsters not all of them right in the monster section or whatever you want to call it and they had a picture of these hoppers and and i was like what the heck and it, and it you know i read it and it was totally thought it was funny and cool <laughs> but i was 12 and 13 so one of the things about gamma world that um i think is is hard to suspend your not not metagame is you're supposed to describe the things that you find right yes and you're supposed to describe them as if you're finding something you've never seen before. Or you have no idea what it is. And because you're out searching for stuff, right, to help your village or whatever. Yes. And, but the, the problem is where the metagaming comes in is as the description is read, as a player, you're going to know what it is, right? Correct. So then you have to actually role play that you don't know what it is. Theoretically. Or you just go, oh, I want that. And right. and you don't have to say anything, but you know what it is, right? Yeah, so, someone's describing something, and they go, oh, oh that's a Colt 911 uh, pistol. Yeah. I'll uh, check to see if it has any bullets. Oh, uh, yeah, how do you do that? How, you know? And how do you know what a... I'm a yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's that rabbit hole that you go down. And that was the problem I had when I ran when I was a kid, the Gamma World. Now, uh, when I ran for the kids, you know, they had less extensive knowledge of anything, you know. Of, being kids. Of being kids. Of, so, and I didn't... I didn't toss out weird things like that i just it was just a weird world and so they were just like whoa you know just you had a giant cockroach plane so <laughs> everything everything changes when you have a tree and a cockroach together yes and yes. they're not eating each other or swatting at each other or whatever so it makes it an interesting uh an interesting world right yes that one was so yeah it depends on what kind of game you want and post-apocalyptic gamma world has changed that itself right it was more or less serious in first and i would think first second and, and third edition i don't know what fourth edition was and the alternative one was very serious it was more it had to do with the uh, with invasion of aliens and so stuff. i think it has to do with where i think that gamma world specifically has to do with where the people's mindsets were at the time when they were writing it right yeah, you know that's what the prevalent prevalent the prevalent um ideas of the time war right the first yes. one was cold war right and then Nuclear after war. the hadron collider well collider. before that it was uh it was the nanotechnology that was my yeah. threat and, and aliens and and uh, and then aliens right and then there was the hadron collider which a lot of people had like there was all these some some say crazy but some say possible that it could call a small it could cause a small a rupture and a small the space time continuum no, a small black hole that would swallow the, the earth yes. into it and stuff because people don't know what's what it's gonna do right well theoretically you don't know and theoretically some people have and then there's conspiracy theories yes. going on so so if you're looking for a, a serious post-apocalyptic game i would go with something else like uh if you're if you want a military one like twilight 2000 yes or 2013 or whatever the newer one it's is. It's gone through several iterations, but yes. <laughs> but if you want a campy game where you can have all kinds of fun with the post-apocalyptic yes. world, then I think Gamma World was, was one to go with. Definitely. I really had a lot of fun pl running it, and uh, I would love to play in it because it seems like a pretty 
cool world to to play in. So there you Either, go. Whether it's campy or or serious, I think it would be pretty fun. All you gotta do is just decide one of the seventh editions uh, that you. One of the play yeah in. yeah. And there's all. I'd kinds go of for the the newest one because it's really cool, but. Also, I had played, I didn't realize, the second edition or whatever yes, it was. the second edition, so. which was basically a better edition than the first edition because it was, you know. There they, you go. They, made it, they added rules and stuff like that, made corrections. And even then, when I, was a, when I was a kid, I was like 12 when we started doing that, and that was pretty cool. So I, I really liked it. I wish I would play more. I wish I could have played. I don't think I've ever played in a game world game. I only ran it. Oh, He's, no, he's giving another. me those doe eyes. Yes. But I don't know if I want to play fourth edition, seventh edition. Maybe we could go back to alternative. I'll learn a new system. <laughs> learn a new system. Right? No. Uh, not me. <laughs> Gamma World, long history goes back way back to 1978. It hasn't been published. I think when it was 2010 was the mm -hmm. last time it was published. So it hasn't been published in nine years. You can get the PDF, though. Uh, if you, If you, I mean... I'm sure it's still out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. All you the editions find are still the, out there. Yeah, you can still find editions. And Although, don't look on eBay, because I was looking on eBay, and those first editions are expensive. That's correct. Well, yeah. I th you might be able to find the PDFs now, because TSR has unloaded all kinds of PDFs. I'm surprised that they haven't made a game world for 5th edition D&D. Maybe it's in the works? I don't know who owns... You know, I don't even really know who owns the rights to game world, because, you know, after a while, don't I don't know how it works, but... But maybe there's a problem with that because I would think it would be a no-brainer to add Gamma World to the 5th edition rules. And in fact, because of the oh, open gaming license that or whatever common license that D&D has, that some other people have made Gamma World-like games. Right. Uh, and I've, I've even bought a couple of them. So, so that's pretty cool. Gamma World was one of, those, one of the first role-playing games out there. Yeah. After. So if you're looking for a role playing game that is interesting history. and a long history and has different editions and different variety of how you can play it, go for it. Yep. Have fun in the in a post apocalyptic wasteland. With giant hoppers and gobble gobbles. Gobble gobbles. <laughs> so this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul. And Jolene. Have a great day. And you have a good day.